Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Just want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo. Uh, over in Tupelo, it'd be a little weird, uh, Robbie, if Brupolo was in McSwain. That would be very weird. Nobody would. But I'm sure you can find some kind of name to um, fall in there. McBrooms. I don't know. There you go. I don't know, but we'll have to make it work. Anyway, wherever you are in our great state, if you want Strange Brew Coffee, it's just a click away. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for shipping right to your door. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the front counter of your house, they have got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. It's a lot more than just clothes at College Corner. They have a lot of great stuff for the car, for your house, for your tailgate, just for you. So, And, of course, they also have a great selection of clothes, the biggest in central Mississippi. Whatever it is, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're enriched by Fleet Feet, flow by the Half Shell, or shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's best restaurant. Simple as that. For lunch, for dinner, for Sunday brunch, you just can't do better than Restaurant Tyler. The best blue plate in town. Great white tablecloth dining. And don't also forget, if you're looking for a cocktail, something a little different, you can always head down around the corner to the guest room where you can enjoy the same great food that you eat at Restaurant Tyler with their incredible uh, mixology program of, of craft cocktails, uh, local beers, a great place. Every, everybody who knows about the guest room, you feel like you're in on a secret sometimes, but I know about it. You know about it. I'm telling you about it. Head over to the guest room. Head over to Restaurant Tyler today. Priority One Bank, 16 locations throughout central Mississippi to serve you. Check out the Priority One Bank uh, website at PriorityOneBank.com to find the one nearest you. Open an account today, and you can start building a relationship with the great folks at Priority One Bank. You'll find out what kind of difference it makes when you bank locally. That way, when you make uh, need to make a, a decision on a loan, you're talking to the people who you've been dealing with that whole time, not somebody from a corporate bank who uh, doesn't know you from Adam. No, you're talking about the same people that you see every week when you swap, stop by your local branch. 16 locations throughout central Mississippi. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Today is one of my favorite days on the uh, the sports calendar, the first round of the NFL draft. Mississippi State has been at a, a, a good streak as of late of having high draft choices. That streak will continue this year, be it tonight or tomorrow, with Emmanuel Forbes going first or second round uh, in all likelihood. So I want to talk about Forbes uh, a good bit today, and then we'll talk about some of the other Bulldogs who have a chance to hear their name called. It seems to me that you know everything I've read about Forbes 
it, it's it's very simple. He's just underweight. And to me, first off, congrats for for that, Randall. You should be very uh very proud of yourself. Uh, but that being said, I thought that. You know, you hear about this all the time, Robbie, in, in, when you're recruiting in high school, right? A kid who's 230, 240 pounds, you're like, okay, when he gets to college, he'll put on 30, 40 pounds, and they'll move him to defensive tackle, defensive end, or whatever, and he'll be good there. It seems to me that with Forbes, it's the same thing, right? You bring him in, you put him with a nutritionist, you start to put some bulk on him, and he ran a four three five, which means you've got some room to spare there, right? If he, if he puts on 15 pounds... But he drops to four four one. Nobody cares. Four four one is still a really really good time. I feel like Emmanuel Forbes is incredibly undervalued in this draft. He's a guy who should be a first round pick, and might end up not going to the second. I just feel like we put way too much emphasis in what a guy's body's like. I mean, you know, so, I mean, you are preaching to the choir. I mean, can we can we not just say, you know, this is a good looking guy? He might have, you know, a little bit of a dad bod. He might have a little bit of a gut. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this guy is darn good looking. I, I wish people could just accept me for who I am. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about yourself there. Oh, sorry. We were talking about Emmanuel Forbes. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, no, same, same principle here. I mean, Emmanuel Forbes is a special defender. And I think what you have here is you have the typical – um, you know, NFL outlook of this has got to be a cookie cutter model. This quarterback, if he has this, if he has this kind of size, if he has this kind of arm strength, this kind of um, you know, accuracy, stuff like that. I think people look at look at that stuff a lot more than the game film. And for me, when I see Emmanuel Forbes going up against, you know, Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs and guys like that in the SEC. Um, and having success, that to me carries a lot more weight, so to speak, as him being 165 pounds. He can run like a deer. He can uh, jump out of a gym. He's got great hands. Um, I, I, I just I feel like this is one of those deals where you have to kind of throw away the consistent uh, – I don't think it's an issue because I do think it, it does matter sometimes with size and the speed of players. But whenever you're you're constantly saying this is what a cornerback looks like, to me it doesn't really – that stuff doesn't carry as much weight when you have a guy like Emmanuel Forbes that can play defense like a wide receiver. It's I mean, kind of you, you essentially have a wide receiver out there that is capable of making the same plays as some of the guys that's going he's going up against. It's kind of funny because at the top of the draft, you're sort of seeing this as well with Bryce Young, right? Everybody's yeah. talking about his size. I mean, his production is not in any question whatsoever. P- people are concerned because he's short, you know. And, and you have the and you have the opposite with Will Levis. Right. Will Levis has not had the Bryce Young and the Emmanuel Forbes type production, but they they look at him and they keep comparing him to Josh Allen, despite the fact that you know Josh Allen was younger than Will Levis was. Uh, going into this draft, and that you could kind of see that he was trending in the right direction. Will Levis is going up against a lot of NFL players, and we just haven't seen the production. Yeah. So it's yeah, I agree with you. I mean, this is a lot of the same stuff with Bryce Young. Yeah. And with Forbes, I mean, clearly, if he was, you know, he's six one, one sixty six. I think is what he measured at the combine, right? 
if that was 186, we're talking about a guy who's a top 10 pick with his production. He would be the number one cornerback on the board. If he had done everything else he had done in his college <clears throat> career and was just 20 pounds heavier, he would be a, a, he would be ahead of Weatherspoon and all the rest of these guys, Porter, that, that people are talking about. And so, again, I just see this as a situation where an NFL team would be wise and, you know, later first round to take him, bring him in and say, okay, we're going to put you on, you know, with our nutritionists here and we're going to get you up to a healthier, bigger weight. It's funny, too, and I'm going to read you a couple of quotes here. This This is from Bruce Feldman's article in The Athletic where he talked to a bunch of coaches. So these are anonymous NFL coaches. Both of these guys coach defensive backs. He's only 166 and 6'1", but my God, talk about movement skills. He's so fluid. He moves like a little corner and still shows up physically. Can he tackle on the edge and in space and hold up for 20 games? I don't know. Second quote is, he plays way bigger than he is. He's faced the best competition. He's physical in the run game. He takes the ball away. He's willing to gamble and take some risks. The only thing I don't like about him is his weight. It really is. The NFL has has really gone too far sometimes with the cookie cutter stuff. You know, football players are football players. Emmanuel Forbes is a football player. He doesn't have anything left to show you on film. He's covered the best receivers in the country. He's taken passes away from the best quarterbacks in the country. He's put them in the end zone. Nobody likes to throw at him. You're just and that guy. That guy mentioned it too. Yeah, he's he's very physical in the run game. Yeah, tackles tackles well in space. He'll come up and strike you. And then, like after talking about how great he was, it says the only thing I don't like about him is his weight. If he can do all of that, what is what does it matter to yeah. me? Like I, you just talked about how good he was against the run, and you talked about how good he was um, as how physical he was. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I'm you know. I, I guess it's a good point to make that, you know, is, is his body going to be able to ha- to hold up? Because that is where, you know, it does kind of come into play. You know, he is going to take take a beating out there. Right. He's going to have to come up. He's going to have to tackle some big physical wide receivers. And that would that would be a small concern for me. And you're going to have to tackle a more physical running backs than you've probably had to tackle. I mean, honestly, right. there aren't a lot of Saquon Barkleys out there in college football these days. No, you're correct. And, and I think that is going that is going to hinder him in the draft, but I I think we're talking I think at this point we're talking can he be drafted in late in the first round or is it going to be early second? Yeah. I, I don't think this is a, a situation where we're talking about a you know Dak Prescott mm-hmm. going in the fourth round. Like I I do think that it is I I think he's. He's good enough. I think people know know he's good enough to be a late first rounder, early second rounder. Yes, I think that I think that's the the biggest question is can he go in day one or is he going to go on Friday? I, I think that my guess is he's going on Friday, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's still available in the like from twenty five down. If somebody hasn't taken a flyer at that point. You could see a team want to trade up into the first round and maybe grab him because I think he is going to be a good, capable cornerback at this level. I think he will put on get the requisite size and, and go from there. So interesting. I think he's going to be a. Um, I think he's going to be a AFC North guy. Are you, are you are you calling the Steelers here? Is that what you want? I don't I don't know if he's going to be. I I would love for him to go to Steelers. I could see him going to the Bengals or. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ravens, mm-hmm. possibly a place like that. Like I just, I have a feeling he's going to be an yeah. AFC North guy. All right. Well, we shall see. 
What about the rest for him to be in black and yellow? I feel like the only other bulldog that is almost guaranteed to have his name called at some point over the over the weekend is Tyrus Wheat. We had a. Uh, uh, Rob Paul on from withthefirstpick.com on Sports Talk Mississippi. He loved Tyrus Wheat, talked about his versatility. He's sort of the opposite of of Forbes, right? He's just a little too big yeah. to, to be a linebacker, but he's also not big enough to just put his hand on the ground and be an in. So he has that versatility, but I think the lack of a true position is what really hurts him. But that's a guy, another guy I think could end up being a very productive pro over the next uh, decade. Very well could. Uh, he he feels like a New England Patriot to me. Oh, there's there's been there's been call. so many they they um they love SEC players first and foremost because they're tough. Yeah. And but I, I you know they're they're one of those teams like they will take flyers on players. Yeah. If you if you're kind of you know not in the not in the mold of an NFL guy but you're really productive. Mm-hmm. In college, they'll go get. I mean, they'll they'll take guys that might be smaller. They'll take guys that might not have, yeah, um, the the strength, the arm strength that some do. I mean, they t- they took Tom Brady, who was a sixth or seventh round pick, which you know they could afford to take that kind of selection then. But I could see him being you know fifth through seventh round guy, making the roster and being one of those you know just tough New England defensive players that they've had in the past. Yeah. That would not surprise me in the least. But where where does he end up on the next level? Is he a is he a three four backer? Is he does he put his hand on the ground? I mean I don't, I think he's a three four outside linebacker. Like a Sam, like where do he play at state? Yeah. Because those are those are versatile too. I mean th- those are guys that you can put on the edge and you can put your hand in the ground. Yeah. He, he's kind of that tweener anyway. That's why I thought he was a perfect fit in a three four. Mm-hmm. That's probably that's probably where he ends up. I mean, I I really like. It would not shock me at all if Bill Belichick took him. Like that could be a guy that <clears throat> that I think would like really kind of light up a light bulb on top of Bill Belichick's yeah, head. I, like I, I, I like that 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 idea. To be honest with you, anybody else that think you think could hear their name called is LaQuinston Sharp maybe a seventh round guy or is he or is the rest just going to be the undrafted free agent route? I still think Cam Young's going to be a drafted. I didn't think about Cam Young. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, he'd probably be um, a fourth, fifth, sixth round. Yeah, just a you know prototypical nose tackle. I think probably mm-hmm. going to be. Um, I, I think he's going to be a guy that I've I've been really high on Cam Young since his redshirt freshman year, and I've I've thought for a while now that he is going to be a you know multiple year starter on the defensive line in the NFL. Yeah. I, I really – it would surprise me if he didn't make a roster and he didn't eventually become a starter for an NFL team. I just <clears> – I don't think he's going to do anything that wows you, but he's going to eat up space in the middle. He's going to work really hard, and he's going to be um, just your your prototypical you know, Mississippi defensive lineman. You know you're describing? Kyle Love. Yeah, that's he's, – he's Kyle, Kyle, he's Kyle Love. He's Kyle Love. Never a pro bowler. But was just a reliable guy who, like you said, was a space eater and freed things up for that defense in Carolina for all those years. I think that's a yeah. that's a good comp for for Cam Young. He doesn't have the same you know shade tree mechanic body that yeah. that Kyle Love had. The love boat, the love boat. Yes, but definitely could be a guy you see play uh, for for a long time if he stays healthy. So 
Yeah, just a quiet demeanor, but he's going to come in, work really hard, super strong guy, but also yeah. kind of deceptively athletic. Mm-hmm. And um, I, if he doesn't get drafted, he's going to be an undrafted free agent. He's going to, I think, he's going to make a roster and be a Danico Autry type that you know went under the radar and is a multiple year starter. That's that's what I if he if he stays on course, works hard, does his job. I think that's what he's going to be. That's a good trio for Mississippi State. Very productive through the years. We'll see where they end up uh, at the next level. Let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. This weekend, if you're firing up the grill, throw some steaks on it. Throw a brisket out on the smoker. Get, 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 Get some good stuff on the grill. Make your family happy with the sizzle of beef. This weekend, any weekend, and of course, if you're just looking for great late night meals, or not late night meals, you know, weeknight meals, beef is another great ingredient to have. And of course, if you're looking for recipes, we've got you covered. MSBeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. If you're in Starkville this weekend, next weekend, any weekend, you want to be at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Why? Because the food's great, the people are great, the service is great. What more do you want? So, hopefully we'll see you there. Grab some smoked wings, grab some tacos, grab a sandwich, maybe that prime rib sandwich that we're always talking about. Head over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats to enjoy smoked southern soul food. Great products and great services, what every business promises you. Advantage Business Systems has delivered it to you. For 48 years, they're taking care of their customers, and that's how you know, because they've been open for that long. If you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems, and then if you need uh, service, just call them back. Talk to the people you already know. Talk to your friends there that you've been doing business with that whole time. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. 601-362-9192, or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Rogue and the Collegiate Collection at the Rogue. That's the best collection of polos and quarter zips you're going to find with Mississippi State logos. Oh, and by the way, they have the logos that you want, not the ones that are being pushed on you. No, we're talking about the M over S. We're talking about the state script. That's what you want to wear. That's what they've got at the Rogue. Check them out online at therogue.com or shop at the Rogue in Jackson. Don't live the three-stripe Shop at the Rogue. Head over to Dolce soon for breakfast. Grab one of their incredible breakfast sandwiches, some of their authentic New York-style bagels, and, of course, some great coffee drinks as well. It's a great place to go for breakfast, great place to go for lunch, or if you just want that sweet treat in the afternoon, grab a bowl of gelato from Dolce. It's one of Starville's best-kept secrets, but not for much longer. Head over to 509 University Drive and head to Dolce. Let's continue our spring wraparound today. A team MSU is not playing, and a team, honestly... Maybe we don't have a whole ton of interest in, but they've got some familiar faces up there uh, at Missouri. Uh, they, they've they've had some uh, they have some things in common with Mississippi State. You know, they lost their their top playmaking receiver uh, to transfer portal, and he went to Georgia just like Rod Rod Thomas did. And they they had an interesting spring with their starting quarterback Brady Cookout. So let's find out a little bit more about the Tigers. Let's talk to Dave Matter. He covers the Tigers for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. He joins us now on our spring wraparound series. Let's head back to the SEC East in this edition of our SEC spring wraparound. Today we're talking with Dave Matter. He covers Mizzou for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Has been covering the Tigers for quite a long time. 
you know, with this Missouri team last year, they had some really good wins. They beat South Carolina, um, uh, beat Florida. I'm sorry, didn't beat Florida, but but had some decent wins. But had some some head scratching losses. And the loss to Auburn is the one that really stands out to me. It feels like this is going to be an, another team in the conference that needs to find more consistency this year. Has that been a big watchword uh, thus far this spring? Yeah, you know, they, they're just a program that needs to turn the corner. They've been sitting at 500 for a long time now. And, um, you know, Barry Odom was the head coach for four years. He left with a, a 500 record. If you look at just regular season games, Eli Drinkwitz through three years has been 17 and 17. So um, they've had some some promising wins. And I think that South Carolina one last year definitely is is part of that. Promising performances that didn't end up in wins and they played Georgia as well as anybody last year. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, close losses don't really amount to much that that Auburn game, they had one, two or three times late and they, they found ways to lose. So they're a program that needs to figure out how to translate these tough competitive games into victories. And then also too, they had some blowouts last year. I mean, they got blown out at Kansas state blown out at Tennessee. They weren't competitive in either of those games. Uh, for the, this program to take the next step, they've, they've got to avoid having games like that. I mean, they're not going to go unbeaten, but you just can't get uh, just completely blown out of the water by by teams you know that aren't Alabama and Georgia on your schedule. Brady Cook, been in Missouri the past couple of years, has been, you know, we'd say solid as a starting quarterback, but missed the spring with an injury. Uh, that allowed, you know, transfer Jake Garcia to get some reps, a couple of freshmen. What does this quarterback room look like coming out of the spring? Well, there, Eli Drinkwitz is describing it as it's Brady Cook as the incumbent, but he has to beat everybody else out. It's not a – I wouldn't describe it as a wide-open competition, but it's also not guaranteed to be Brady Cook. He's going to have to play better this summer and in, in preseason camp than the rest to reclaim that job. They brought in Jake Garcia from Miami um, to challenge for the job. Sam Horn is a, a redshirt freshman. He got in one series and one game last year. And he's a guy that, you know, this program brought in to be kind of franchise quarterback. He didn't really show enough last year to get more playing time, but they still have high hopes for him. They've got a four-star freshman coming in. Uh, he, he's not here this this semester, so he won't be here for the summer. So they're building some depth and they're building some competition for Cook. Uh, he he did do some some good things last year, but you know, I. I have we seen his ceiling? You know, is his ceiling high enough to for Missouri to contend in the SEC East this year? I'm not sure about that. So they're really going to have to get this quarterback situation figured out and evaluate and decide who their best guy is going forward. Mississippi State and uh, Missouri have something in common in that they both lost their one of their top receivers to the transfer portal. They both went to Georgia at State. It was Ra Ra Thomas, yeah. obviously Dominic Lovett <clears throat> over at Mizzou. Luther Burden, big five-star recruit from a season ago, had had a good freshman campaign. You know, six touchdowns. You know, a little light on the yards per, per catch. That's a little surprising considering what an explosive athlete he, he is. I guess my question is, can Burden replace the production of Lovett? And if that is the case, who compliments Burden the way Burden complimented Lovett? Yeah, that's the expectation because they're they're moving Burden to Lovett's old position. Lovett played in the slot, and Drinkwitz's offense kind of gears toward that slot position because. You don't face, you know, as much man coverage from the best cornerbacks on the other team. You face more zone. Um, you know, you kind of get mismatches inside. And love it. Really capitalized on that last year, and you know, became a first-team All-SEC receiver. Led the team in targets. Led the team in catches. 
um, didn't lead them in snaps. Like he, he didn't play as much as some other guys, but he absolutely made the most of those opportunities. So their, their hope is that burden will, will, you know, move into that role. And that's the role he played all spring. And, you know, if not match Lovett's production, even eclipse it. Cause they feel like he's a guy that can really take advantage of the mismatches in the middle of the field. Uh, you know, he struggled a little bit with kind of press coverage and more physical receivers last year as a true freshman. It was the first time he's really kind of gone up against grown men before. And I think that was a, a big steep learning curve for him, but he won't face the same kind of defensive pressure in the middle of the field. So you're right though. The next question is, okay, who takes, who takes off some heat? off him inside and plays on the outside. Well, they brought in Theo Weiss, a uh, receiver from Oklahoma, former starter with the Sooners, who's going to play some outside. Makai Miller is a second-year receiver they really like. Uh, they also brought in the Ole Miss receiver, Dennis Jackson. I know he didn't play a ton in Oxford, but they liked what they saw this spring, so I think he's going to get a shot. Uh, and then they've got some other younger guys that you know will be in the mix, some incoming freshmen. Uh, but I think the, the real key is to get burden you know, acclimated to playing in the middle of the field, that slot position and see if he can be, you know, an all SEC type receiver. When I look at the Missouri depth chart, one thing that does stand out to me is the offensive line, you know, three red shirt seniors and a grad transfer there. Usually an experienced offensive line like that is a, a, a good sign for a team coming into the season. Do you think this will be a strength for Missouri this year? It's probably actually one of the bigger question marks because as experienced as they are, they were not very good last year. I mean, they had a ton of penalties. They, you know, the offense itself led all power five teams in tackles for loss allowed. And a lot of that was on the line. They had issues at center. They did have some injuries on the right side. Two guys had major injuries, season ending injuries that were their right tackles. So they had to mix and match a lot. Uh, they did get Javon Foster to come back for his sixth year. He's an all-SEC left tackle, so they're pretty solid there. Um, they're still looking for a center. They are they're scouring the transfer portal, trying to find a center because they, they believe they need to upgrade there. They brought in a right tackle from Eastern Michigan who played a lot um, in the MAC, and they hope that can you know he can move into the SEC and be a day-one starter. So it's a question mark. They also lost their uh, O-line coach about a month ago. Uh, Marcus Johnson, who had been with Drinkwitz all three years, leaves to go to Purdue, and they had to hire a new coach. They bring in Houston's former coach, Brandon Jones. Uh, so that's, you know, they're, they're hiring an assistant who wasn't even here for spring football. Spring football was over by the time they hired him. So that group has a lot of catching up to do. But, but like you said, they are pretty experienced. So you would think that would help the transition a little bit this summer. Defensively, you mentioned those two blowout losses, but other than those two games, Missouri didn't give up over uh, 27 points in a game all season. They held Georgia to their lowest point total of the season. Defensively, they were pretty good. They just had those two bad games. Can they take another step forward this year and be one of the better units in the conference? They expect to be, and they're talking about being the best defense in Missouri history. Now, that might be, uh, you know, that that might be kind of hyperbole expectation, but. Uh, A lot of guys came back. They had several players at all three levels, linebacker, defensive line, and the secondary, who could have gone into the NFL draft and been, you know, maybe a mid-round pick. But uh, thanks to NIL, they were able to keep those guys around for a fourth and fifth year in some cases. You know, they were the most improved defense in the SEC by just about every measure. And and part of that was they were so bad in 2021 uh, that they could really only go up. But they, they really liked Blake Baker. They brought him in as defensive coordinator, he was the architect of that turnaround, and they got really good buy-in from a bunch of their veterans, and they went out and addressed major needs going into last year through the transfer portal. They did it again this year 
more so for depth purposes. But you've got an all-SEC defensive tackle in Darius Robinson, an all-SEC linebacker in Tyrone Hopper. Uh, and then you've got really solid returning starters at every position in the secondary. So they have really, really high expectations. Um, you know, not, just because you have a good year doesn't mean you're, you're going to be great the next year. That goes for, you know, individual players and units. But, but that group really expects to, you know, carry this team early uh, and really carry it all year long because there's just so many more uncertainties on the offensive side. This is the question we're asking everybody in these interviews uh, this spring. When we get to the end of the season, after Missouri plays Arkansas in the season finale, what are we saying about this Missouri team? Well, it's a really pivotal year. Um, if they're back at 500, um, I, I think you know Missouri's going to have a decision to make about the future of its program because uh, you just in this conference, you just can't sit around and be mediocre, be 500 for four years in a row. So the, the, the changes that Eli Drinkwitz made on offense, going out, looking for a new quarterback, bringing in an offensive coordinator for the first time in Kirby Moore, those moves have to work. If, if they don't work, and this is another 6-6 six and six team or even below 500, um, there could be some changes at Missouri, some big-time changes. You don't, you don't get to have four straight non-winning seasons in the SEC uh, and survive. It just doesn't happen. So uh, they've got to get the offense figured out. And I, I I'm cautiously optimistic that they will. I think bringing in a, a coordinator is going to make a big difference because it takes a, a lot off of Drinkwitz's plate. He can be more of that CEO head coach that and get a, a better feel for game days, better feel for his entire team, and not just calling plays on offense. Uh, so if you want to be optimistic, I think you'd say, okay, they'll win seven games, maybe eight. Maybe some of those close losses last year, they figure out how to win this year, and then they feel much better about the future of the program. We shall see. Missouri, a very interesting team in 2023 to watch in the SEC. Dave Matter from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Man, really good stuff. Appreciate your time today. Okay, my pleasure. Well, I think Dave really summed it up, and thanks for, thank you again, Dave, for your time. Uh, he really sums it up there. Like This is a year Missouri has to move forward, right? With, with, with Eli Drinkwitz, another 6-6 six and six year isn't, isn't going to get the job done. They just gave him an extension, so I guess they might be willing to pay him a good bit of money, but Missouri needs to either push for it this year, sort of a, a crap or get off the pot situation for them, right? Yeah, I mean they're just they're not like just awful, but they're there's nothing about them that really excites you either, right? Like the, they will ruin somebody's season, um, just about every year. Yeah, but they're they're not going to be in the mix or haven't been since Drinkwitz has been there. I mean they're, uh. They won five or six his first year. They they were like six and seven last year. I mean, it's just a program since they first got in the SEC. They had those like really good years, like two or three years into their their stay here when Gary Pinkle was here. Yeah, and then just completely just you know went to mediocrity. Um, Barry Odom had a couple of good years. They haven't really been able to find a, a ton out of Drinkowitz since he's been here. The only press they've really gotten is, you know, comments that he's made. So th this needs to be a season where they kind of step forward. And the SEC East is, to me, a little top-heavy. And the rest of it, like, kind of towards the bottom, There's we don't really know what's going to happen. Florida, I don't really know what to expect from them. South Carolina has done some good things, but I think, you know, the at the end of the day, they're going to be a 7-8 win team. Missouri can compete with those teams, I think, and can kind of 
expand their floor a little bit. I, I know a couple years ago they had like one of their best recruiting classes, I think, that they've mm-hmm. had in a while. Yeah. So, you know, the, the talent level I feel like has increased a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it, this is kind of, you know, this is year three for Drinkwitz. He's, he can't have another five or six win season. He's got to be able to push in eight, nine wins here. That'll be interesting to see how that works for them because, I mean, you know, we, obviously they have to play Georgia and Tennessee. So they're sort of in the same spot that Mississippi State's in, right? Where State, you look at their schedule and go, okay, Alabama and LSU, those are probably losses. Same same with Missouri. They look at Georgia and Tennessee go, okay, those are probably losses. What killed Missouri last year, I mean, you remember the game against Auburn? They should have won that game. Uh, they lost by seven to Florida. Um, they, they they just had some 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 games they let get away. So we'll see if they can find some more consistency this year. We're going to do a third preview this week. Uh, I'm talking to our my handsome young son, Ben Portnoy, yes. tomorrow. He will come on and talk to us about the South Carolina Gamecocks. That is a huge game on the Mississippi State schedule um, this season. Before we get out of here, we got one more interview today. I talked to uh, my friend Alden Thornhill. He is he has the greatest title, and I talk about this in the interview. He is the founder and the official liaison of the Starkville Sausage Dog Society. That means oh, he yes. is the brains and the, uh, the 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 muscle behind the Starkville the Derby. We've been talking about about yes, we've been talking about the Starkville Derby a lot over the past few weeks. I'm really looking forward to that event next weekend in the Cotton District. Had uh, Alden on with me today to talk about the the Derby, the event, and what it's doing for the Starkville community. Let's go to that interview right now. If you've been around Starkville the past few weeks, past few months, if you've been on message boards, if you've been on Twitter, you've seen it. You've seen people advertising for the Starkville Derby, the first annual uh, wiener dog race taking place in the Cotton District next weekend on Saturday the 4th. And that will be with uh, the weekend of the Arkansas game. And that is going to be a big event. It's gotten a lot of, of traction, a lot of great stuff going on. And, of course, my, my favorite part is it's going to benefit the Octibahaw County uh, Humane Society, which if you've listened to this show in the past, you know I'm a big supporter of them. Uh, three of my uh, – my my oh, if you're going to take my picture, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop the video on. So hold on. There you go. Uh, I'm a big supporter of theirs. So that being said, let's talk about that event today. Alden Thornhill, who – Maybe the best official title I've ever heard in my life. The founder and official liaison of the Starkville Sausage Dog Society. You know, if there were actual sausage dogs, I, 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 Alden, I, I might actually be a member of this myself, but I don't own a, a wiener dog, uh, as it were. Thanks for joining me. I, want, I just wanted to talk about this event. Um, I, I'm going to make an assumption that you are a wiener dog owner. And well, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Brian, I'll, I'll go ahead and... Uh... Show Forget you him, yeah. I have standing guard in my office right now every day. <laughs> I, you know, they say wiener dog people are a cult, and um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm definitely a zealot. I'm a, uh, I'm a card carrying member. Okay. But I'm also a guy who loves shelter pets. I actually have a, uh, my my sweet Lucy who's nine. I adopted her when I was at state, uh, and she was a shelter dog. So, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 mission at Octibal County Humane's great. You know, you don't got to be a dog person or a cat person to appreciate it because they got them all. And, uh, you know, we, I just, you know, when I came up with this idea, they said, you know, Starville really needs a good, fun event that can also give back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're definitely doing that with the amount of money we're raising and, you know, just the general uh, just the general uh, brand awareness that the uh, shelter is getting now. So 
you know, you mentioned that Starkville is a, is a town that, you know, we don't have a lot of these just crazy events happening from time to time. You know, we, we have some great stuff going on with the Cotton District Arts Festival and Bulldog Bash, and then those are fine. But just these one-off events like this, we, we, we sort of lack, we're sort of lacking in. How did you come up with the idea to just say, you know what, we're going to put on a wiener dog race? Yeah, so, you know, I was sitting on a, the balcony of Two Brothers, and I, you know. Good call. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll plug, I'll plug Barton and them. Uh, you know, they're also a hot dog level sponsor, good people. Uh, we were sitting up on the balcony, and I just said, you know, it'd re- be really funny if we shut down University Drive and ran a bunch of wiener dogs and had races. And, you know, the the aspect of the Cotton District, it, it's so interesting because it's, you know, you have all the balconies that people can come out on. You got the patios, the bars. You know, you can create a real festival-like atmosphere and fun atmosphere out of it. And I said, you know, it'd be the perfect place to raise a bunch of money for uh, from students for the uh, for the event. So, uh, you know, I started to plug it on, you know, started to go to different friends and family members. Went to my went to Memphis, the king of the race. He gave me a paw up. He was ready to go. So I said, all right, well, you know what, we'll, we'll do this. So, you know, went to the city and they gave me um, the same amount of space as the Cotton District Arts Festival. And that's when I had two dogs signed up and I knew both those dogs. Uh, now we're about to be at 150. So wow. it is... Um, yeah, it's going to be a very yappy day in the uh, in the district, Brian. How do you how do you wrangle 150 wiener dogs? So, so you know, a lot of people have been asking that. They think we're going to release them all at one time, but mm-hmm. no, we're going to have heats. So we have a senior, adult, puppy. I just thought the idea of a wiener dog marathon, you know, just like <laughs> a, like that big scene of them just running down the road. I I could be behind that. Oh yeah, I mean, you, you know. I don't think we're at that level yet. You know, being the inaugural year, I, mm-hmm. I think we need to we need to maybe. We had to hit the brakes a little bit, but yeah, we have senior puppy pretender, um, adult and, uh, the pretender and, uh, we have a special needs category. We have some that are, you know, have the wheels that have back injuries that, uh, yeah. you know, that they get to run and a little shorter track, but, um, the pretenders will actually be any kind of dog that isn't a wiener dog. They get to borrow a hot dog outfit from the humane society and race each other. <laughs> and don't worry, we're not going to have like Yorkies racing. against great Danes. It's another <laughs> thing people have been asking about. Uh, no, we've got it. We got it by size. So yeah, yeah, it's gonna um, be it's gonna be something else. Are any of the dogs gonna wear a GoPro? Are we gonna get some on the on the field footage here? I, I believe we will. Yeah, I believe we will. We we actually will be streaming it online. My my buddy Bart Heitch, uh is gonna be uh, is gonna be on the call. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't know who all he's gonna get uh, guest speakers, but I know he can probably get some good ones. Yeah. Um, wow. And you know we're gonna have a multi camera. I think we're gonna end up having a multi camera setup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, and really get it, really getting, get it going online. I've seen Marilyn Sproul retweeting you a few times. It seems like you've got a lot of support within the community. What, what, what has been that, what has that been like? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, you know, I found out if you be genuine, you go to people and just, you know, kind of tell them what's going on. They're all about it, especially when it's an event like this, that can benefit, you know, you're benefiting the humane shelter, you're benefiting the restaurants, um, you know, also we're having art vendors, so we're, you know, they don't have a spring festival anymore. So this is kind of, you know, it's kind of filled that gap in for them. Yeah. Um, and then also food trucks. So, I mean, it's, it's helping every, you know, all these different, uh, industries, you got hospitality, you got, you know, the, uh, the, uh, art, the artists and everything. So it's, it's, uh, I think that's one reason why, and it's just fun. I mean, it, you know, it's yeah. goofy, you know, a bunch of weenie dolls running down the street and, you know, people dressed up in derby attire is, is going to be a sight to behold, but you know, it, it's something different. So I think that's probably, yeah, I actually had a lady from the humane shelter ask me that last night. Why do you think 
everybody, you know, was so receptive to it. And I said, you know, I think it's just because it's fun and it's something different, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I tell all everybody, I told, um, I actually told students at an event the other day, I said, you know, if you want to do something, you know, don't, don't you know, t- shoot your shot with it. Have fun. You know, there's going to be people that will, will uh, be receptive to it. I mean, if they can be receptive about a weenie dog race, they can be receptive about anything. So, <laughs> will there be odds posted? Will I be able to gamble at this event? Brian, I, I don't want to go to federal prison for wiener dog racing. So that that is up. You know, I can't I can't comment on that, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one one last question, just not even a question. Sort of plug everything for us here. If people want to find out more information uh, about the event, what do they need to do? Yeah, just go to at Startville Derby on. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have all our stuff there. We have our links. Uh, we're closing sign up on Friday. So if you want, if you got a racer, you better hurry up. Um, if you volunteer, you'll actually get a Wiener Circle VIP ticket. We'll be having Cathead Vodka there, uh, Old Soul Bourbon. Uh, Commodore Bob's is doing uh, Mutt Juleps and Weenie Ritas. And then we're going to actually do a hot dog, gourmet hot dogs from the different restaurants in the district, do a little contest out of that and, nice. you know, see who wins. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then we also have uh, some Michelob Ultra and Neutral and whatever that, I think it's like a seltzer for Mitchell Distributing. And it's going to be a good time. We have food, drinks. Uh, you know, if you're 21, you get drinks. But, yes. uh, you know, we, we'll help all our volunteers. We give, give them back in to get a meal from Bulldog Burger. But, and the perfect spot to watch the race, the Wiener Circle. We'll bring the, we'll bring the winning wieners in. And then they will get their portrait made. And then, Brian, the peace de resistance will be when they get a rose wreath like at uh, Churchill Downs. I can't wait for this. Courtesy of Flowers by the Bunch. Oh, my friends at Flowers. I love Flowers by the Bunch. Yeah, great people. And I got to plug my friends uh, at Bluff City Turf Co. Yeah. Uh, Colt, great guy, one of the owners. They're donating us a 15 by 100 foot roll of turf to make sure the runners are comfortable. And uh, they're giving it to us uh, as as part of their – part of their sponsorship so really great people you need a putting green you need any kind of good looking turf call up bluff city turf co of memphis they'll 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 hook you up and i believe i was told i have a spot available in the the vip area for me and my family well of course all right so be sure yeah be sure you know i don't want to i mean well i actually i actually i think i my neighbor knows you from vicksburg you know grafton anding i know the andings so i'm yeah you know him yeah yeah brian's dad uh he's my next door neighbor yeah i didn't know that i Okay, so this is a, this is one of those things. My whole life, I've just called him Mister Andy. Had no <laughs> idea what his first name was. No clue. That's his yeah. dad. Okay, I know him. Yeah, yeah. All right, oh, yeah. but great, great stuff. Looking forward to it next Saturday, uh, May the fourth. Uh, May sixth. May sixth. I'm sorry. Yeah, May, May sixth. What time does it start? Eleven to two thirty. Eleven to two thirty out there in the Cotton District. The first annuals. Hopefully, many more. Uh, Starkville yes. Derby. Alden Thornhill, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time today. Appreciate it, Brian. Thank you, man. See you at the Winter Circle. Robbie, are you planning on being in attendance? I see they just moved the Saturday baseball game to six o'clock, so we got we got no uh, we got no issues here with the Starkville Derby. We can we can do both events in one day. I'm going to do everything I can to be at this. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think, I'm pumped about the Starkville Derby. 150 dogs have entered. Oh yes. So. I am, a little, I am a little sad that it's not that they have heats and everything else. I thought they were just going to let them loose and just say, let's go. Let's let's just have a Boston marathon of wiener dogs, but I guess not. But it's going to be a lot of fun and a great cause. I love the Octavia Hall County Humane Society. Uh, so please check that out if you haven't already, and hopefully we'll see you in Startville next Saturday. All right, tomorrow's show, uh, future Brian will recap. I didn't even, we didn't even talk about baseball today. The heck with it. 
Uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow, though. We'll we'll recap what happens game one. Oh, were you were you unhappy that Mississippi State beat Ole Miss? No, I was quite thrilled with that, but you know, what you're are just we tired doing? of talking baseball. I kind of am. So we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe my my interest will be peaked again by the Bulldogs on a Thursday night. Uh, we'll have that preview, and then we'll we'll recap the first round of the NFL draft. Perhaps if uh, Emmanuel Forbes did indeed hear his name called. Guys, have a great Thursday. Robbie now back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.